Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. A warm welcome to you this Monday. Today, Bishop Dag will continue with the series on a thousand microchurches. Today, you will discover five more pillars of power that will lead you to be transformed into a church that can be used to bring the glory of God to many, many more souls. I'm sure that you will be enlightened and blessed by today's message, and you will be encouraged to see that you can indeed be a micro church for God. Be blessed by the word. Wow, you may be seated. Well, I hope you are enjoying our very last days here. I hope you are enjoying our very last days. you are enjoying our very last days here sunshine I believe that the vitamin D that we've collected can last us for some time and I believe everybody has gotten some sunglasses for your holiday and a nice hat or umbrella alright and that is a great blessing Now, today, I want to share with you during this first session about laboring to be blessed. Yes, laboring to be blessed. Now, The wisest man ever to live, Solomon. Um, Really, he was a wise man because he, he was a philosopher. Philosophy means like the love of wisdom. Philo, you know, filio, love. Sophie, Sophia is wisdom, philosophy. So, it actually means to love wisdom words, to think and to analyze. Most people don't analyze, but Solomon analyzed. And he said in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8, there is one alone and there is not a second He has neither child nor brother. He doesn't have a child. He doesn't have a brother. Yet there is no end to all of his labor. Like he never stops working. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Like no matter how much he has, he's still not enough. He's on it. 
for more. Neither saith he, for whom do I labor? For whom do I labor? Like, what, who am I working for? Or why am I working? He never asks that question. That's an important question to ask. And for whom do I bereave my soul of good? Okay? This is also vanity. Yea, it is a sore travail. So, in this life, many people don't stop to ask the question, why am I working? And he gave an example of a man who doesn't have a child because that's one of the reasons for working. If you have children, do you see? And then another reason for working is if you have brothers, do you see? Because your brother can uh, work and then when he dies, you can inherit your brother's things. Do you see? So, the Bible is saying that, uh, but there was somebody who didn't have a brother and didn't have a child. But yet, he never stopped working. Do you see? Hard. And his eye, he said, there's no end to all of his labor. And he never says, why am I working? Or for whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity. Yea, it is a sore travail. So he said this is something useless that he's noticed on earth. Now it's not only with this one man who was working tirelessly and never satisfied with his riches. But it is actually the story of most of us, we never get to the place where we ask ourselves why we are doing what we are doing. Okay? And so, when you do ask yourself, what are you in school for? What are you working for? What are you sweating for? What are you struggling about? What are you building for? What are you traveling for? What are you migrating for? What are you sacrificing for? What are you laboring day and night for? What are you fighting for? What are you suffering for? And what are you dying for? Okay? So many people achieve their goals several times over but still do not know why they are working. Are you with me? Yes. By the time people are in their 50s, sometimes even 40s, most of the time, whatever you be, by, if you start early, by the age of 40, you'll be somehow near or there where you are heading to, if you start heading in the right direction. So, the question is, what is the effort for? And when people work very hard, sometimes they work as if they will live forever. 
Do you see? And they work as if the living is going to go on and on and on and on and on. And that is why if you even set a target for 70, you should start, instead of mentioning your age, you mention the number of years left to be 70. That should give you some idea of anything you are doing, how far it can go. Anything at all that you are doing, how far it can go. So the younger you are, the more energy you throw into whatever, looking, knowing that it is going to work for some, you know, time. I don't know whether most people imagine they will be 90. You get it? But if you really, really want to be honest, you'll find out that it's, it's not for long that we are going to be here. So, most people don't really know, think about what they are doing. Most people are in some fight for some imaginary goal. You get it? Now, laboring and working must have a goal. And I want to suggest to you that your fighting, your working, and your striving must be towards getting a blessing. Amen. Your vision must be to obtain a blessing rather than to obtain riches. Amen. A blessing is what will change your life. A blessing is what will help you if you have a blessing. And I want to suggest, because the Bible does say clearly in Proverbs 23 and verse 4, labor not to be rich. Like, is saying clearly, don't struggle, fight, work hard, all right? Migrate to be rich, travel to be rich. Proverbs 23 and verse 4, all right? Labor not to be rich. Like, don't have that as a goal. I mean, I've, it's, it's as clear from, from the richest man and the wisest man is saying clearly, don't, don't let that be the reason for your hard work. I didn't write the Bible. How many think sometimes that I wrote the Bible? Don't make that mistake. I didn't write the Bible. I'm reading verses from the Bible to you to try to help us all understand it. Amen. Including myself. So this verse intrigued me, you know. I was thinking, why? He said, don't, don't, don't labor to be rich. So then what do we labor for? Do you see? What is all the work for? And I believe that you must rather labor for a blessing from God. Because a blessing has many things in it which transcend having some few dollars 
or CDs in your hand. You know, when you see people who are greedy for money, you know, you, you, you find out that um, money doesn't stay with them. You see, money is not something that comes and stays. I mean, otherwise the people who would have, have fought so much and sacrificed friendships, sacrificed their positions, and so on, just for money, have, have not amounted to much. Let's start with Judas. Now, Judas got the 30 pieces of silver, and most orangus and disloyal, treacherous people have money as the reason for what they are doing. Yes. We're starting with Judas. And starting with the scripture which says, the love of money is the root. It's the root, like a root. You see, these trees that you see here, you can't see the root. The root is always hidden. So it's the hidden basis for the evil that you are seeing. It's the love of money. A root is hidden. It's always hidden. The love of money. I wouldn't be standing here if it was the love of money that have brought us this far. It couldn't have been the love of money or the love for money that have brought us this far. Because the love of man is the root of all evil, not the root of good. It's not the root of the church that you are enjoying today. It cannot be because the church is not evil. The church is good. And the root of the church cannot be an, ev- an evil thing. The church is the best thing that happened to this world. Even in Ghana, the church has co- led to, our, to the education of the country, the health, the morality the stability, the peacefulness, many things come from the church. So church is a good thing. And the root of the church cannot be something negative. The root of the church is Christ. So the root of all evil is the love for money. Do you see? So you start with Judas. He was not able to use the money that he got. And he was richer than all the other 12 apostles. Yes, he was richer than all of them. Now, by the time, at the time of the crucifixion, Judas was a rich man. He was, he was really, I mean, like he was into, he was into money. You get it? But he never used it. It never amounted to much. You know, when I was in medical school, our lecturer, my lecturer told us a story which has always stayed with me. He was telling us, you see, in our medical school exams, we have the questions, true or false. 
But in medical school and in this school also, if you don't know the answer, you are not supposed to shade. <laughs> because he told us that a doctor cannot make certain mistakes. Like if you don't know, you don't have to do certain things before you realize you kill somebody. So many times, you, you go for the exam, and some people can get minus 24%. Because maybe they had 50 correct and 30 wrong or 20, you know, 70 wrong or something, 40 minus, whatever. And then it becomes negative. You see, so he was telling us, don't be greedy. And then he told us the story of a snake. And that this snake used to come to the, they had some chickens in the house. And the snake, when the chickens lay the eggs, the snake comes to eat the eggs. Beautiful eggs that are laid there. I didn't know that snakes eat eggs, but he said the snake used to come and eat there. So every time they were saying, this snake is chopping our eggs. So one day, the farmer or the owner decided to catch the snake. So he left the eggs there and he got some beautiful white stones that look like eggs. And in addition to the eggs, the stones were also there. So when the snake came, the snake took all the eggs. And he said the snake was so greedy, instead of just eating the eggs, he saw the other stones that these are also eggs, and he swallowed all the stones. Do you see? Because they don't chew. They just swallow so he swallowed the stones, and then he had a terrible stomach ache. Do you see? Which caused him to be captured and killed. So he was telling us that we shouldn't be like the cobra who comes to eat extra things which will rather destroy you. Do you see? In that creed, you have already had some. Correct. So these other ones, that you don't know the answer. Just leave it and then trust God to pass 50. Are you with me? So greediness, greed, and wanting too much money, you get it? It's not a good thing. Elisha was the uh, son of Elijah. Now, when Elijah was about to die or go to heaven, Elijah said to Elisha, what do you want? What are you following me for? Everywhere I go, you come. Everywhere I go, you come. So eventually, he realized that Elisha wasn't going anywhere. So he said, what do you want from me? Now, Elijah was a prosperous prophet. People had supported his ministry for years. 
I'm sure he had a house. He had a car, a horse, lands, various things. But Elisha said, you know, I want two of your cars. No. Elisha said, I want anointing. The anointing that is on you, I see as the real thing that I need to have in my life. And he said, give me the anointing. So, Elijah said, well, you've asked for a hard thing. If you see me when I go, the anointing will come on you. So, Elisha kept his eyes on Elijah solidly. You know, no question at all. And he followed him closely to the last moment Elijah was taken away. And the mantle fell down. Elisha picked up the mantle and he said, where is the God of Elijah? And as he walked on, he smote the river Jordan the same way that his father Elijah had done. And the waters parted. And people around said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. Why? Because he was laboring not for money, but for something far greater than money. Far greater than money. Now, Elisha continued his ministry for many years. Then he also had a servant called Gehazi. Okay? Now, Gehazi had the same opportunity that Elisha had. Okay? Now, when they got to a point... If you remember, Naaman the Syrian came along and Elijah ministered to him. Now, Elijah finished and uh, Naaman was going and said, is there nothing to pay? He said, there's nothing to pay. Some people think everything is money. They can't even believe when you say there's no money involved. So, Naaman went home a little disappointed that he didn't have a chance to give something to the prophet. But on his way, Eli, uh, Gehazi, you know, who, who was living with Elijah and whose eyes were not on anointing? You get what I'm saying? But he was rather laboring for something else. Looked at this man and said, I'll not let this man go. This is, this is a Karyos, is it Karyos moment or Karos, I don't know, I heard that word. I don't know what it means, but whatever it means. This is the moment. When you ask him now, he will give because he has been healed. Okay? So he ran after Elisha, uh, um, Naaman, and called and said, stop, stop. Sorry, my master, you know, um, there was something he was about to tell you about. Something came up when you were leaving. So he said, you know, if you can organize some... Um, clothes and certain things, items for him. Uh, it, will be, it will be appropriate. And of course, you know you should have brought something and you know. So when, he, when Naaman looked at this young man, he saw through him like uh, he was looking through glass. He said to him, go and read your Bible. He said, be content, take two. You see, because he could see through him that this man is just full of greed and full of a desire for money, he saw through the whole thing and he said, look, be content. Take two. Can you see it? Is it there? Yes. Second Kings chapter 5 verse 23. And Naaman said, be content. I mean, you could see, you, even unbelievers can see through. 
Be content. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver and two changes of garment. And laid it on his servants and they, they, they bear before him. Go carry on reading. Verse 24. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and he hid them in the house. Those who lie, you see. And he let the men go and they departed. And verse 25. But, and he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said, where did you, where did you go? And Gehazi lied. You see that almost every evil has, goes along with lies and liars so, and stories and hiding. First of all, he went to hide the things. And then when he was asked, oh, no, I didn't put the verse back. He said, oh, I didn't go anywhere. Thy servant went no whither. You know? I, I was around. No, I, was, I was at the back. I was watching my things. You know, these, these people who feel they are smart, you know, just make a quick move. You just go behind the back. You hide things. You say this. You say whatever. You come. You tell untruth. It will go against you. When you are discovered, you will never be trusted again because you are proved to be a liar. Okay? There will be no Gehazi here in Jesus' name. Now, after, he said, Went not my heart with thee. And when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money? Is it a time to receive money? And to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maidservants? Is it a time for that? Come on now. You know, some people don't want to be rebuked. Now, he said, so, instead of getting a rebuke, look at now, he said, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and to thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. So, instead of getting the money, you see, many people get the money because now, now Gehazi was richer than even Elisha. But with a curse. And I mean, a leper who is spending money, when you even go to buy it, people say, oh, put on your mask, put on your mask. <laughs> Wash your hands. He came, he just came here. And he never had a chance to use all that he had striven for. You know? So, brothers and sisters, you know, the Bible tells us, labor not to be rich. Because it is a dangerous thing. All right? Uh, but rather, labor for a blessing. Now, who is more famous than Elisha? He's a man who labored for the anointing. And Gehazi is the man who labored to be rich. So, Elijah gave birth to an anointing-seeking son, a blessing-seeking son, and Elisha, unfortunately, gave birth to a, uh, 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 what do you call it? A money-seeking son. Now, you don't have to be surprised when a good person gives birth to a bad person. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 2, God starts to lament. And he says, hear, O heavens, 
and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Yes, that is what God is saying. I have nourished, I've nourished and brought up children. I nourished them, I fed them, I loved them, I patted them on the back, I rubbed them, I loved them. Uh, that's what God is saying. Not, it's, not about, it's, not, it's not a man speaking. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. I'm, I'm using this scripture to explain that. Don't be surprised that Elisha, who was full of anointing, brought forth a Gehazi. Because even God is complaining that, look, he has brought forth children that he's loved. And look at what they got. Now, if you read the next verse, it says... The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel does not know, and my people do not consider. All right? So, brothers and sisters, um, your life's journey is going to be full of striving, fighting, traveling, moving, taking, getting, Moving ahead, doing this, trying to get that, move here, move here. You know, I, my, my, one of my relatives is a, is an, um, a lawyer for uh, some of these things. And she said to me the other day that a, a person, many men change their jobs at least four times, four to five times in their life. But the women stay in one place for a long, I mean, they just, they are there. They are more stable to even employ because the men are looking for this, looking for this, looking for that, looking for that. That's why sometimes we even have more ladies ready to work full time than the, the guys. As the guys are look, they are getting this, getting that, getting that, getting that. And then in the end, they are not getting it. Then they start to become frustrated and they want to pass the frustration on to somebody who hasn't caused that frustration. Are you there or you are leaving? Yeah. So, labor, labor not to be rich is the advice of the word of God. Struggle for blessings. Elisha is the good example for you. Now, in Genesis chapter 7, I'm still on my theme of laboring to be blessed. One of the things you do when you give an offering is you are laboring, you are, you are seeking a blessing from God. Amen. Because he says, bring you the tithes into the stores and I will, I will pour a blessing to you. Now in Genesis chapter 27, you see a verse there. Isaac said, Behold, now I am old, and I don't know the day of my death. Take weapons and get me some venison. And make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, and my soul may bless thee 
before I die. Now, immediately, three people, do you see, three people were about to be launched into action. Three people. Jacob, Esau, and Rebekah. When Rebekah heard what Isaac spake, all right, to Esau, then Rebekah spoke to Jacob and said, hey, I heard your father speak to um, Esau. Now, obey me, my son. Uh Go now, get this, get this, get this. I'll make savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. I'm joining your team. Manipulation. You know, the Bible says that man is the head. The wife is not the head. So, her powers are to be influencing and manipulating from the back. And when it's too much, we call it manipulating, manipulation. And it is something that is not easy to diagnose. But there are husbands who basically have to obey. And, and many obey without knowing that they are obeying. <laughs> now, Jacob said to, his, to Rebekah, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Per adventure, he will fill me, and I will seem to him as a deceiver. And I shall bring upon myself a curse, and not a blessing. And his mother said, No, transfer to me. Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice. Go and fetch. All right? Now, you ask yourself, okay, what was the whole fight about? What was Jacob laboring for? What was he cooking food for? What was he cutting the meat for? What was Esau hunting for? Uh, Was he hunting for money? Was he organizing and sweating and cutting up the meat for money? Try to know the place of money in your life. Trying to get money can be one of the greatest mistakes of your life. Yes. Can be one of the greatest mistakes you can ever make in your life. Taking decisions just based on money and amounts of money and what have you you see, that's why, you know, when you are in Ghana, uh, people live outside Ghana, and you, you decide, I, I want to go there, because I, I realize that over there, if I'm a, a nurse or I'm a doctor, I'll earn ABC. Do you see? But you see, there's much more to it. It's, 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 there's more to that than the amount that is being mentioned. And that's why God, in his wisdom, tells you, don't let that be the reason for your fight, for your travel, for your migration, for your work, for all the effort of your life, not money. In fact, Jesus came along and said, seek ye first the kingdom. And we all know the truth, that when you seek something first, you can't end up seeking most other things, because the time will be gone. We know it. 
seek for a blessing and spend your effort trying to do things that bring blessings and fear curses. Because the blessing is what makes the difference. And when we say blessing, it's not about let's say somebody oh just pray for me. You see, Jacob is Isaac said that my soul may bless thee. Somebody may parrot words, but who is it that saith a thing and it cometh to pass when the Lord commandeth it not? There are certain things that occur to my mind, but has not occurred to my spirit. And when that's not occurred to my spirit and my soul, I know that when I say it, it will not happen. But there are certain things that go deep down in my heart and my soul. And when I say them, even casually, I watch them come to pass. According to the scripture that says that, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and shall believe in his heart, not just in your head, but believe in his heart, that the things that he's saying shall come to pass. He shall have what he says. So my friend, labor that your father will bless you genuinely from his heart. And not just be saying words that have to be said. Or reading out rituals and reading out ceremonies to you. Labor to get blessings of any sort than riches. Which have so many strange characteristics. You know, something that Jesus himself said, uh, don't lay it up. Don't don't gather a lot. Don't lay it up. You ask yourself, then why? Why? So then what should you do? Why should you work? That's why I work for Jesus. And I work for blessings. Now, you know, Jesus said that, or the Bible says that, you who are strong should help the weak. You know, that is where blessings come. That is actually what to do when you are strong. You actually help the weak. That is strength. You know, a country which helps its weak people. Put up that scripture for me, please. A country which helps its weak. That the weak, you which are strong, should help the weak. It's a strong country. Yes. That is a strong country. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And not to please ourselves. You know, when you look at a country which looks after its cripples, it's blind, it's mentally ill, it's deaf and dumb. Every country has all these problems and weaknesses. Now, it is really strength when you are able to help the weak. Because most people can't help the weak. And most people would rather throw away the weak or close their eyes to the weak. You are stronger when you are helping the weak. Now, Jesus 
invoke a great blessing on those who help the weak. And that is why, that's what motivates me, you know, for these hospitals that we are building for the weak. Recently, I've been thinking about a mentally ill people, you know, who are very difficult to look after. It's a problem. You know, when somebody has this in a family, it, it disrupts the family. Even a child. When there is a child who is, you know, not developing or something like that, challenge, it, it, it can affect even those that are not affected. You know, it, it, it's a problem. You know, so to be able to help all levels, that's when you are really strong. Not when you throw them away. That's strength. And Jesus said, I was weak. I was sick. I was in prison. Do you see? I was in difficulty. You took me. You took me. Come be blessed of my father. Labor for a blessing. I'll tell you. Spend your life trying to do things that lead to blessings. Yes. Let's do things that are blessings. You know, rather than trying to heap up and to get. I remember one brother. He went to university in Ghana when he went to America. And then by the time he qualified, started another course and finished and then managed to get something small and his wife got something small and then the next was diagnosed with whatever and the next thing was dead. And I just look at it and I say, wow, all the effort, all the effort to, to get things, which really, even how long can you have them for? No, that's why the ministry is such a blessing. You know, when you, are, get, when you get an opportunity to be in the ministry, that the, like, it's a real blessing to ever be employed or ever work full time, I should say, you know, or employed, whichever. It's like you have you are been highly favored because it's not, it's not common. You know, many churches don't have something to do much. You know, when you tell people I'm going to, I work in the church, I mean, most parents, I mean, what do you mean? What, you work in the church. What is in the church? Come on. Work at Zingo Zingo Company. Zingilingi Limited. <laughs> it sounds more glorious than you work in a church. Are you a church mouse? What are you doing in a church? Are you out of your mind? Somebody who's been to university. So brothers and sisters, labor Strive, travel, migrate, fight, make effort for a blessing. For things which are blessings and things which bring blessings. And I think that if the businessmen and the uh, important people in the church get this revelation, they will work no more just to be rich or to add on. But they work to be a blessing. I want to build this church, they will say. I'm building this church, which is another 
blessing. If you read the book, Labor to be Blessed, one of the best books I ever wrote, is it says, it will tell you that when you build a church, you get such a blessing. You see it there. And what God is saying is that labor to build a church, labor to help people, labor to sow a seed. That is a blessing. Work for that. And not mindless, endless wealth. Which I started with the scripture that there is one alone and there is not another. And he had neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end to all of his labor. And neither saith he, why do I bereave my soul of good? And for whom do I labor? This is also vanity. So today God is showing you why you should suffer. Can I have an amen from somebody? Why you should struggle. Yes. Why you should. So you see, any fight that I'm in, it's I'm fighting for the blessed. I'm fighting for the church. I will, I, will not, I will not allow the concept of lay people working voluntarily and sacrificially. I will not allow it to be taken away from the church. It's our right to be able to spend our time working for God and loving God without being paid. It is our right. So I'm fighting for a blessing for the church and for the people. Yes. I will, not, I, will not, I will not allow somebody to tell us that everybody who is a pastor is an employee. How can that be? When we have thousands of pastors, I will not allow people who play instruments to tell us that you, we must, you must pay us to play instruments. You are, we are bringing you the charges for Sunday and for Friday that we played on Friday. Friday is 200 and Sunday is 400 CDs. No, 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 no. I will not allow the choristers to tell me that. Uh, do I know how much Whitney Houston got for singing? And as they are also singing in the church, do you know how much they must collect? No, I will not allow that. That's absurdity. It's madness. And I think we would rather go on demonstration. Yes. I will not, I will not, if a young man wants to give himself to the Lord, and he says, I want to go to an island. I want to go and preach in this country. I'm going to fight to allow those people to be able to go anywhere they want to go. They want to serve the Lord. Yes. That's a great blessing. So any fight you are involved in, do you see, is a fight for a blessing. We are fighting at least for the church, for the work of God to carry on. And it's worth fighting. That one is worth fighting for. But fighting for 2,000, I mean, you go and ask Judas. Look, Judas couldn't even buy PK with his money. Do you know PK? Do you know PK? It's a type of chewing gum. Does it still exist? Yes or no? Yeah. What is the new type called? Alewa. What is Alewa? Alewa. Black and white. <laughs> Judas even couldn't buy boxer shorts. After all the bada 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 and the meetings, the meetings and meetings and meetings. Yeah. 
Judas was never able to invest in his taxi business. I know some people who have promised people they are going to buy cars <laughs> for fighting with us. Yeah, they're going to buy cars when they get whatever. I said, wow. Yes. I said, wow. Judas was not able to spend the money. Don't fight about money. Labor not to be rich. I'll encourage you. Start from a young age. One day somebody asked me, who are these people you are talking, you are spending all this time talking? I said, they are important to me. They may not have money or anything. Almost my young children, what do they have? Yes, but I love talking to them. I can talk to them all night. Yes. I'm not laboring for money, the word over time. I I mean, where did these words come from over time? (laughs) Hey! Gehazi! Now as a leper moving in town, instead of getting anointing, here he was now moving like some caricature in town, instead of being anointed. You never hear of Gehazi preaching even once. Because he couldn't understand what Elisha did to be where he was. It's not what he's doing to be anywhere. What he's doing, Gehazi, that's not what Elisha did. Elisha followed this man for a long time. They sacked him four times. He said, thank you for sacking me, but I'm still present. Even if it's as a volunteer, I would still like to be with you. And finally, when he was unsackable, then... Elijah looked at him and said, Receive! And then suddenly, Elijah with double portion of anointing was born. What a blessing. So my friend, labor to be blessed. Do things that bring a blessing. Anytime you see a man of God and you can help him, help. Anytime you see somebody you can help, help the person. Yes. Some time ago, I met some nurses, male nurses. I told them, look, it doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit you. <laughs> you are so muscular. <laughs> Today, they are all doctors. And I, I didn't know it would come so fast. I helped them to go. As you help people, one day somebody will rise up whose name you don't know and who doesn't, you don't know why the person is helping you. The person will have energy to help you. Receive energetic people whose energy is to help you and to bless you without any good reason why they should help you and why they should bless you all your life. In the name of Jesus. One day I went to uh, visit someone, it was his birthday, and when we were going, he lifted up his hand and he said, I, I, I just said bye-bye, but he was not saying bye-bye, he said, may you also be celebrated. 
And I thought, wow. You see, some of you have wondered why you are not celebrated. (laughs) You have to sow seeds of celebration to be celebrated also. Yes. Yes. Some of you wonder why not many people come for your wedding. Mm. Huh? Yes. There are people's weddings. I played the drums. I officiated and I played drums. Yes. I was happy. So I, I played the drums also. Most of the weddings in the first love, most, almost, when I know them, I always there. I'm there to officiate. I start daily, beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of God in the, in the face of this congregation to join together this man and this woman in holy matrimony, which is an honorable estate in the student of God himself. Signifying unto us the mystical union that is between Christ and his church. I've said it, uh, it is, it's more than even the Bible. <laughs> You'll be celebrated. Labor, do things. Do you get what I'm saying? And energy to be a blessing. The Lord is sending energetic people into your life. You see that somebody will come into your life. The person has energy to get a beloved for you. You see that the person is making maneuvers and in spite of your age, in spite of your situation, is is moving with zeal. Hey! Energy. Energy. You know, because some people will not get married unless somebody helps you. Rachel, the children of uh, Laban, Rachel was a natural. She just had it easy. And Leah was not going to get married. It was her father who organized. If the father hadn't organized, like up to today, she would, she would, she would be there. The father organized for Leah. I'm sure when Leah was going into the wedding chamber, she said, but I'm not his wife. Shut up and do what I say. But daddy, I'm not the one. I'm not the bride. Don't worry, it's evening. It's an evening wedding. Enter now. These are your counseling tips. Do them. I can't imagine when Jacob opened his eyes and said, Rachel. And I'm sure throughout the night he was calling her name, Rachel. But those days there was no light, no electricity. He was saying, Rachel, I love you. And Leah was quiet. <laughs> hey. Mm, she was saying, mm, I love you. He said, mm, mm. <laughs> In the morning, when he saw her body shape, he said, Makataraba Sadulabakabayandalada. What is going on here? What? He took off his pajamas and changed. He said, Something is happening. Something is wrong. I've got the wrong one. This is not what I labored for. <laughs> So, now the father who was making the maneuvers 
he faced him and said, yes. He said, in our custom. Eh? You, you can't come and break our custom here. Now, the way he changed the tone of his voice, even Jacob rather became as if he was the one doing something wrong. He said, you can't come and break our custom here. You don't come and choose the younger one, the older one is there. There's no way I'll give you the younger one. You think I'm a child? Buy one, get one free. Then he explained to him, you owe me seven more years of hard work for two, two, two daughters. No problem. You can marry them. They are sisters. Ladies and gentlemen, one day God is going to send an energetic man of authority to your life. He will fight for you. He will defend you. He will play the right cards. He will do whatever he has to do so that a blessing will come into your life. May you be energetic to get blessings and to release help and blessings to people. And may God also send such people into your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Take out your energetic offering. Yes, energetic, supernatural offering. And this is one of our last days here. So make sure you enjoy it. And uh, after the service, we'll give you some more announcements, all right, as to the next few steps. Amen. Beautiful. Is it fantastic? Is it amazing? Wow. Energy, energy, energy. I see an energetic person moving around in your life, oh. Receive it in Jesus' name. My goodness. If you are ever at Kolebu and you see an energetic doctor who has taken up your case as a personal case, because other than that, it may not work well. Yeah. Many times you need somebody who takes the file, takes the issue up, as though he has some personal interest and is on it for you. Receive that. Receive three people like that in your life. Receive three people like that in your life. Receive three people like that in your life. Remember this, the, the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion, fellowship, contribution, participation of the Holy, the 10,000 children, and what? All, which includes all the important people for my life. Hmm. Important people, energetic people. Somebody is going to come and say, I want to marry you this year with energy. You say, hey, Why? Take your time. Say, No, I can't take my time. It has to happen this year. One day I met an elderly lady and she told me I met my husband at a party. The first day that I met my husband at a party, we were sitting, he said, he said, he didn't know her from me, I, I want to marry you. Oh, yes. I want to marry you. Straight to the point, like there's no, I mean, whatever. I want, and he married her. 
He married and lived with her till she was he was an old old man and died. Yeah. On the first of the sitting there, I want to marry you. That's all. I don't need to know you. I want to marry you. Marasato I see the energetic man coming your way in Jesus' name. Now take your offering, your tithes, all those watching on television, uh, by radio, by uh, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Take out your offerings, special offering. Take your tithes. You know, it's very sunny today. I don't know what is happening. But I think the clouds are on, on, on vacation. There are no clouds today. They've, 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 they've traveled. So we are just taking the solar energy. Extra vitamin D. But in case some clouds appear from somewhere, take out your offering. And, and let's give a zealous offering to the Lord. Uh, on the screen, you see how to give, different ways to give. Uh, if you are in Ghana, MTN, whatever. Uh, if you are outside, anywhere you are, there's a way to give. Don't say you don't know how to give. And when the money goes and it comes back, give it again till it's gone. Because it's your seed, lest you end up eating a seed. How many want to eat a seed? I don't think so. Father, thank you for this mighty blessing. As we receive it today, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your heart is aching, I know that you're in pain. Don't give up, these things must be They all must happen because of your calling The mystery of God, oh it is amazing Don't sorrow with the sorrow that leads to death Cheer up the joy of the Lord is your strength It's okay to be sad because it's really bad, whoa
know the sorrows engulf your spirit. It is to teach you something precious, something you cannot learn any other way. To teach you why I'm the only one worth loving. Hallelujah. If you have an umbrella, lift it up and twirl it and let's see. Wow. It looks like a rally. Amen. It's time for the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to hear from God. Tell your neighbor, I'm glad I came to church. Now tell the nearest person not smiling, what's your, what's your problem? What's going on? Now tell the person behind you, God is going to speak to you today. Tell the person, God has something to tell you today. Now tell the person on your right hand side, nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Now tell the person on your left, the prophet is about to preach. Now, I'm telling you, look into his eyes and say, your life is about to change. God's word is about to change you. Now, because of corona, you can't touch the person, but shake the person in the air and say, open yourself to transformation. 
Say, open yourself to metamorphosis. Now shout to the person, your life will never be the same. Now let's sing, nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Hallelujah. Impossible when you put your trust in God. Sing, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? If you are believing God for something, lift your hands, lift your voice, and declare in faith that nothing is impossible this afternoon. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Say, hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust. Put your trust. God alone Now turn to the person on your right and say for everything Then the person on your left say everything The one behind you say everything is possible With God Give the Lord a shout of praise And let's welcome our prophet Amen Hallelujah! Are you excited to see me again? Why not? Why not be excited? Hallelujah! Beautiful. Now, let's pray. Father, thank you for this chance we have to share your word. We know one day it'll be over. But for now, we are so grateful that we have this chance. Speak to our hearts and bless us, Lord. Lead us by your mighty Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And today, I believe that as we go through what it means, how you can be transformed into a church you know just you turning into a whole community of churches one person to one thousand churches and the key number one is transformational power oh yeah let's start with transformational power that the first thing under that was do not be conformed to the world is that not so And once you are different from the world, you are going to find out that a big change comes into your life. Just not being like the world will make you, will will bring the change. It will start a change. Do you see? Not being attracted to the same things that the world is attracted to will change you drastically. Because the world is just going in a particular way 
and many things are quite predictable. But once you start to be different from the world, not being conformed to the world, great changes come into your life. Amen. Number two, metamorphosis power. And that is, Bible says, when the spirit, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. But we all with an open face, beholding in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even us by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. So one of the main things is to look at good things. You know, people who look at evil, you become evil. And that is why watching certain films is dangerous. And watching things on television and on the internet is dangerous. Because you'll be surprised how much what you watch changes you. You see? So we are changed from glory to glory when we with an open face behold the glory. So you need an open face. And that's what I was explaining the last time that Satan's main goal is to squeeze your face when you are looking at glory and looking at something beautiful so that your face is no more open and you are no longer open to receive. And that is why the main work of the devil, you know, in fact, his name, you know, I wouldn't have known all these if I hadn't uh, been able to check the Greek meanings of words. And then also, listening to Derek Prince made me notice the meaning of the word devil. It's a slanderer. Slanderer. Someone who uh, slanders you, says bad things about you, gives a bad picture, bad image, saying negative things. And um, Kenneth Hagen, he told a story one time. When he died, you know, the people that were um, giving testimonies at his funeral, at his funeral, nobody preached. It was just testimonies. He said they didn't want anybody to preach. It just people should just say how he blessed them. And several of the people said, that when you come near him, you know, you don't, you don't get a message of faith, although that was all that he was preaching, but you get a message of love. And a, a number of them also said that they never heard him say anything bad about anybody. And he, he didn't talk about people. And um, I myself heard him um, telling a story one time. He said he went to preach somewhere 
and I think it was probably a convention of pastors. And when he was preaching, um, after some pastors uh, came to him on the second day, but on the first day, what happened was that a pastor was rebuked or corrected, uh, or it was announced that he had been, you know, disciplined or something. He had done something bad and something bad was happening to him. Now, the next day, um, some pastors who were not there came to see Kenneth Hagin after the preaching and they asked him, were you there yesterday? We heard so and so was said about this person. And um, he said, yeah, yeah, this was what was said. And they asked him, so what do you think? And he said, oh, I concur, I agree, I think so, and so on. So he said that that night, I agree with what happened yesterday. So he said that night when he went home, are you listening? Yeah. yeah. This is one of the things that attracted me to Kenneth Hagin was the supernatural. He said he was in his uh, bed when suddenly a voice came in the room. And the voice said, who art thou that judges another man's servant? And uh, then suddenly he said, a light came on in the room like the sunshine. He said it was midnight and there was no light. He said suddenly the whole room came full of light. Like the, it was not a, a electricity light, like the, like the sun was out. Then a voice came, who art thou? Because of the comment he made. Yeah. Because of the comment he made about the pastor. He said, the voice said, who art thou that judges another man's servant? And then the, the voice came the third time. And after the voice came, then the lights went off. And he was in darkness. He says, since that day, he doesn't say anything about anybody Again, I don't have anything to say. That is. And when he died, if you don't mind, you can check on the internet and you can watch his funeral. I'm sure, I'm sure it's on the internet. At least I have it. You know, I've watched it several times because I like to listen to people who were close to him and what they said. So I have nothing to say. But the, the, the devil is not like just not have anything to say or just make a little comment. It's like he has something to say. To smear and to make somebody look bad. Even if it's just a part of a picture. And usually parts of pictures where you can't explain makes people look funny. Yeah. That's the specialist in that. So the devil's aim is to make your face squeeze up. And I always pity people who are cut off from the anointing. I pity them. So, make sure that the devil is never able to cut you off from the greatness of the anointing and the greatness of the blessing by making your face close up. Amen. Number three, word power. Word power will change your life. 
You know, the word of God has power. When I meet people who listen to messages, I can see the change in their lives. So many people have told me I was listening to this camp and my life changed. One young pastor, he told me, he said, look, I've been in the church. My, my, my parents are pastors. I've been in the church from the beginning of my life. He said, but when I was 19 years old, one day I listened to a camp. He said, I, I never knew all these things were there. And he, he, I forget exactly which camp. He said, one camp, either something. I don't know which one. He said, my life, I was listening. My life began to change. And a great change came over me. And I myself, I know him, but I've never seen him interested in God or in the church or in the ministry. But a change came. And he, he can point to the time that he was listening seriously. You see? Now, you know, when, when I look at my library, I have a library of books. When I look at my books, very old and dusty. One of the people in my library, you see, in my old and dusty books, is Derek Prince. You see, but I, I've, I've read his books, but I, I didn't know, I, I couldn't get deep into it. Because, you see, the word can be there, but somehow it's not connecting yet. Do you see? It's sealed or, or maybe, I don't know. You are just not at the stage where you appreciate it. That's why we listen to things over and over and over and over. And then a time comes where you see that the word that is coming is changing you. You know? At one time, I don't know if it is um, Joshua or somebody was telling me that he was listening to a message said, ah, this is so powerful. You know, it is you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a video. And he was saying that, ah, what is this powerful message? Yeah, I doesn't know if, if the church knows that such a powerful, such powerful message is there. So anyway, as he was watching, then the video man started to scan and who should come? He himself was sitting there. You see? Yes, at the Kodesh. So it's like the word, the word really changes, but it seems like there's a point at which the sword is going straight into your heart. You get it? And so that is why when you see somebody who is not paying attention, you realize that the person is also proud. You see, because the person thinks, I know this. But you know that the person doesn't know. Because if you knew, you would do many things that you are not doing. Yeah. So the word of God is uh, an amazing blessing. Now, Psalm 119 and verse 92 says something. It says, unless the, thy law had been my delight. You see, unless thy law had been my delight. You see, I should then have perished 
in my affliction. You see, until the law or the word becomes a, a delight, like you start, you start becoming happy about it, you know, I should have perished. And you see that becoming happy about the word is a stage. Do you see? It's a stage of the word affecting you. Becoming happy. Unless thy word had become a delight. You know. Now, nowadays when I listen to uh, Derek Prince, I keep mentioning because I keep listening to him. It's, it's become, I become happy. You know. And I, I, I don't want the message to finish. So when it's finished, I say, hey, is it already finished? You know, I want it to just play like music. You know. And I'm, I'm being blessed. You see, so you must listen to things and listen to them again and again and again. And God will bless you and that's what changes you. Now, in verse 97, it says, um, Oh, how I love thy law. Do you see? Oh, what? How I love thy law. I've started to love it. That's when it starts to change you. Yes. I'm not talking about listening, staying here, like loving it. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. All day. You know, when you start to love the word, and then you start to think about it all day. Sometimes there are some things I say, Lord, unless you crack this code for me, I'm not going to leave it. Because there are things I can see the code has not been cracked. I don't understand it. You know? But you can love the law. Love. You can start. You see, these are the words that are being used. Delights. And then love. And then, it is my meditation. All the day, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Now, if you are watching Netflix or watching some wild movie, do you see? And you are coming up with, hey! Or pornography. You know, some of you have particular pornographic channels. You know places where there are Japanese people and uh, Filipinos and uh, Chinese and African types, different things. It's like you are into things. Do you see? But it's like it is your meditation. You are, you are, you are looking forward to going where the internet is working to be alone so that you can watch things but God is saying that love the law amen now I, how many want to be changed transformed into something now notice we are just about to be transformed the next verse it says thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. 
You see, how do you become wiser? Yes, how do you become wiser? How do you become wiser? How does a person become wise? What, what is wisdom? Think about you. So when I say you become a thousand churches, how do you become a thousand? How do you become even a church? I mean, you, you, need, you, you need some kind of wisdom to speak. Why should anybody listen to you? Why should anybody follow you? Now, he says that thou through thy commandment has made me wiser, even than my enemies. So your commandments make me a wise person through your commandments. When I start to delight in it, and when I start to love it, and I start to meditate on it all day, you know, and then your commandments, like commands, do this, do this, do this, do this. You made me wise. Ladies and gentlemen, wisdom doesn't come from just understanding things. Wisdom comes from having commands. Commands which are do this. Do this. Because your mind is not capable of understanding many things. Yes. Very few of us understand how a mobile phone works. Few of us understand how a television works. Few of us understand how a radio works. Few of us understand how electricity works. The Bible says, lean not to your own understanding. Your understanding is very limited. In mathematics and in physics, there are many calculations. Do you see? Which they will say is equal to K. Do you see? Can you, what is your, what is your calculation? X is equal to square root of V squared minus what? 4AC all over 2A is equal to what? X. Do you see? Do you understand it? Huh? What is it again? Plus or minus square root of B, B squared minus 4AB 4AC all over 2 all over 2A is equal to X. Do you understand it? You know, I did add maths, I did general maths, and I had one, one, one. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Now you, you had eight, you had six, you had D. Even addition is not working for you. Addition and subtraction is not working for you. So, God is saying to you that understanding of issues or things, ah, dear, it's not many things you will not understand. But one of the ways you can become a wise man is through commandments. When you are blessed to get a commandment that do this, 
do this, do this, and you will become a wise person by the commandments. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies. Thou through thy command, not through understanding, through commandments has made me wiser. Now, verse 99. I'm talking about how you'll be transformed into a wise man. And then verse 99 says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. So now you can even go higher than the current teachers you have. How? How? I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies are my meditation. Wow. Thy testimonies are my meditation. Your testimonies are my meditation all the day long. Hmm? So now, when you listen to testimonies of the word, testimonies of God's children, and various testimonies, you receive wisdom that makes you wiser than even your own teacher. I didn't write the Bible, and I'm not against anyone. I'm I'm teaching you now. So you become wiser than me when you have your meditation upon the word and you have his testimonies. So God is making you wise And he's making you even greater than your teacher. So you are becoming a teacher of the word. People ask me, how do you become a pastor? I mean, uh, by God's grace, we are having churches in many places today. Yeah, many. Many, 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 many. I don't even know where to start from. Do you see? How? Did I go to Bible school? Was I trained by somebody? Did anybody take me up as whatever? Not at all. If at all, people attacked me. Do you see? But you have more understanding when you study and listen to the testimonies. You have more understanding than even your teachers. Receive the grace to become wilder than all your teachers. Now, it's not yet over in verse 100. It says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. So now you are moving to ancients. You are becoming like an ancient person. Somebody who knows this one will become this. This one will become this. This one will become this. Yes, because you've been around for some time. An ancient person who will tell you this one will become this. This one will do this. This is going to happen to this. It's an ancient person. Now that you are around, you are able to see live. When, I, when we talk, you know, some of the teachings, when you hear, you know, I was there one day when this happened, this brother said this, this one said, and you, you know, it looked far. You see, but as you are around and you see Absalom's manifesting, like, an Absalom is a son who can attack his father. Yes. It's only Absalom in the whole Bible who attacked his father. You know? Or you see, those who are dangerous sons. Or you see, those who leave you. And you see the reasons for leaving. Which include 
all the reasons written there. Do you see? Yes. Yes. You, you start to see many things and then in 10 years time, 5 years time, you, you are an ancient. And then you know when you see somebody talking, say, look, this one, eh? We had all this before. We've seen this one. We had one just like you. He said all these words as if you learned it from him. As if you had a meeting. So ancients are wise people. Like they know things. You can't even believe it. So every experience makes you more and more ancient. And that being like an ancient person comes even just from the word. That's why a young man who knows the word of God is like ancient. Yes. So, get deeper into the word. Yes. And you, you will get a lot of changes. You become like a teacher. You become like a, a wise person. And you become like an ancient. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Number four, you have the anointing power. Power of the anointing. That will change you. Because it's not by just the word. Or the, the, it's the oil. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him. Thus he poured it on Saul's head. And he said... Is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Now, rarely do you have somebody doing an outdooring and calling his child Saul. I haven't yet been to an outdooring where somebody's called Saul, whatever. Do you see? <laughs> Why? Because Saul is the good example of someone who was chosen and appointed and anointed and made such a shame of it. Do you see? He was such a disappointment to God that God changed his mind about it. He said, God said, I have rejected thee. Yes. I have rejected you. So, you don't, no one says why, but they, they, they just don't use the name Saul. <laughs> huh? Yes, even Paul, when he was born, he said, no, this name is not working for me. It changed from Saul to Paul. I mean, it, it, it cannot work at all. <laughs> now, when thou art departed from me today, thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre. The asses that you are looking for are found. Then thou shalt go forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. And there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel, carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, and thou shalt receive of their hands. And after that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass when thou art come 
thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with the psaltery and a harp and a pipe and they shall prophesy and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. Amen. How many want to be changed? Truly changed. To be truly changed, you need the anointing. Yes. You see, the anointing of the Holy Spirit changes a person. You know, because the anointing is invisible, people don't, you can't see. Like if I'm anointed, you can't see that I'm anointed. But it is the Spirit of God on a person that works. And that is actually what is working. Now, Moses, the Bible says, when he was come to years, chose to suffer affliction with the children of Israel. And he chose to serve God because the Bible says, as seeing the invisible, he was seeing the invisible. You need to see the invisible if you are going to walk with God properly. The invisible is the anointing. There is nothing you will ever see. When I met old Papa Hagen, do you see? When I met Papa Hagen, he was just a gentle old man. You know? When I asked him, if I was one of the most ordinary people you can ever meet. Um, his daughter at his funeral, his daughter said, you know all those stories which my dad tells when he's preaching? He said, we, we all heard it in church. When he's at home, he doesn't say all these stories. He said, when he's at home, he just puts on the television and sits in front of the television and puts it on so loud that none of us can do anything else in the world than to watch the television that he's put on. He said, that's all. He said, all the stories that he told, because he was, he's known for stories. He read, when Kenneth Higgins preaching, he reads a scripture at the beginning. doesn't read the Bible again. That's how, I think, a Baptist way of preaching. They, I don't know if it's Baptist, but they, they read the verses first. Then after that, he could, then it's like he talks. And then it's just stories. A lot of stories. You know, so it's, it's, it's very ordinary, very ordinary, but there's great power. Hardly any of the so-called movement today, you know, uh, even in Ghana and all over the world, don't attribute uh, the ministry that they are in towards, they don't direct it towards the influence that came from Kenneth Hagin. Very, very, very heavily anointed. But the anointing is invisible. Invisible. I mean, somebody who can have like the experience I was telling you where the lights came on in the room and, and God said, who art thou that judges another man's servant? The thing you are saying. And you don't know about what you are talking. So, brothers and sisters, the anointing makes the work of God work. And it is the power that enables 
a person to do supernatural things which uh, it also takes eyes to see that this is supernatural. Uh, it will take eyes even though you are sitting here for you to know how can you, I buy land in a town called Tuamasina in Madagascar. Like we are talking about even to buy land here eh, in this Mampong area. It's not a small thing. How much more to buy a land in Tuamasina or Antananarivo? Are you with me? Yes. How much more to buy a land in Indola in the copper belt of Zambia? Or how much more to buy land in the Caribbean islands or different islands and get permits to build and to, to build things and to actually be doing it at the same time. Yeah. But it takes eyes to see. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Or many of the things that God has done in your church and in the ministry. Or for me to be sitting here in Ghana and writing books that people are reading in Egypt, in, in, in Arabic. Are you with me? So, ladies and gentlemen, it is important that you simply humble yourself before the anointing and respect the anointing. If you don't humble yourself before the anointing, you will not be anointed. You may have the word, but without the spirit. Do you see? It's just different. Once there's no oil, yes, it is there, but fried rice is different from boiled rice. You get what I'm saying? Is it not true? Fried rice is different from boiled rice because there's some oil added to the rice and the whole rice is, you can eat it on, on its own. You know? One time I was in a hotel in uh, Asia somewhere. You'll be there soon. Yeah. And um, I wanted to eat something in the night. You know, in the night so the, all the restaurants were closed. So I, I was looking through the menu. They have something you can eat in, uh, late. So I was looking through, then I saw fried rice. So I called, I said, there's fried rice, but fried rice with what? They said, no, just fried rice. So I was wondering, is this fried rice going to work? I said, I don't know fried rice on its own. When they brought the fried rice, I understood what they were trying to say that this fried rice is all that you need. Now, kelewele and boiled plantain, they are two different things because there's oil in the kelewele and there's no oil in the boiled plantain. That's why nobody sells boiled plantain by the roadside. Nobody sells, nobody sells boiled plantains. Oh, we are boiling plantain here. You can buy some. Two for two cities. Two. No, 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 no. Without oil, it's different. And then, uh, uh, boiled egg and fried eggs. Chibom, is that what you call it? Yes. It's different. Uh, it's a different encounter. It's a different experience. Boiled eggs. In every hotel, they have somebody who is frying eggs. You go there and they fry different ways of frying eggs. This way, that way, many things. And the egg comes, that's fantastic. Yeah. 
with some oil. And a boiled egg with salt. It's not the same experience. You see that your mouth will become dry. You are becoming an anointed person. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. What other food is changed by oil? Boiled chicken and fried chicken. KFC. Have you seen that no one sells boiled chicken by the roadside? Turkey boiled chicken. Now, nobody says that it is not so. That's, this is the difference between a lecturer or a teacher in your school and then an anointed teacher. It's this, it's this, it may even have the same substance, but the oil. I said the oil, the anointing. The oil makes a difference. You see, you can eat more and more and more and more and more and more. Fried chicken and fried boiled chicken. Now, yum. Have you seen somebody standing by the roadside boiling? Just yum. Come have boiled yum. Boiled yum. You see? But fried yum. Fried. With oil boiling around it. You soon be called an oily anointed Christian and pastor. Kama shandola makabadandalabala. Receive it. And that is why that is why he, he poured the oil on his head and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you? So the Lord has anointed you. Fried if your wife gives you kenke, for those of you from Ghana, kenke and beautiful boiled fish. Do you see? Kenke and beautiful boiled fish. You get what I'm saying? Beautifully boiled fish. Will you like it? Not at all. A boiled fish is different from fried fish. We need some oil in the equation. We need some anointing. Now, when you strike the anointed, you, you, if there's oil on the person, you strike the anointed, you strike the oil. Yes. That's why people who attack anointing you never, you, they never become anointed. If you listen to Bishop Oyedipo, you never hear him saying anything bad about anybody. No, 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 no. You, you, want, you want it, you can't attack it. Yes. Yes. You want it, you can't attack it. One day I brought some cats to my house. You know, little cats. And, uh, Somebody was, hey! I said, don't do that. I need it. Because what you attack, you cannot, it will not come to you. And I had a reason for bringing that cat to my house. Do you want to know the reason? Because one night I heard in my ceiling, something was walking and I said, no. These people are here. I know what I can use to kill them. (laughs) Unarata. <laughs> Unarata has come to my house. So I decided to get a cat. Now, 
If you want something to come to you, what you attack doesn't come to you. That's why anyone who wants to be a pastor and attacks the anointing is a fool. You are, you, are, you are a master fool because what you are attacking will never be on you. It will never even come near you. You can only have your intelligence, but you cannot have the oil because you are striking at, you are attacking what you need. Yes. And that's why sometimes you are tested before you are anointed. Yes. As to whether you would get angry with the anointed and his anointing. Remember I wrote a book, The Anointed and His Anointing. Yes. Look, I once knew somebody who had a lot of cats in his house. Nobody could go near any of the cats. If you go, they, they move. And they are, no one can catch it or hold it. Yes. They are wild. Now, do you know why they are wild? One day I was there and I saw an old man coming with a sack. Yes. <laughs> a sack and a net. Yes. So I said, who is this man? I said, this man comes to catch the cats in this house. Every day he comes to have it because there are so many that they give birth and there are so many in the house. So this man comes, he's the cat catcher of the house. <laughs> so he comes once a year. Yes, every year, once a year. He throws the net and he'll catch them. And the cats are wild. And he put them in a sack and beat them. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I, 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 somebody's house, I couldn't believe. And you see, none of the cats in that house, you can't say, no, 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 no. Somebody that you kill every year, you kill them. You attack them. How would they come near you? So that is why the Bible says, touch not my anointed. Don't touch anointed things and anointed people. You'll be surprised. Nothing good will ever come out of you. You are doomed for the rest of your life. And you are cursed. Because you have touched the anointing. So everyone should be afraid. Once you see someone who God is using, hands off. Leave the person to, to his God. God doesn't have difficulties in killing any of his servants at any time. He can just say, hey, you know, it's enough. Come, come, come home. That's all. God doesn't have no difficulty in doing that. So you must do whatever you can do to become anointed. Now, I'll tell you something. If you hang around here long enough, some of the anointing will rub on you. Oh, yes. Anointing is like something that, you know, it's like by association. You know, when Peter, James, and John, Peter spoke up to speak, they took note that they had been with Jesus. Elisha was just associated with Elijah for long, long enough. 
<laughs> you know, when you are with somebody, another fellow human being, there will be enough tests. Oh, yes. Anybody who is married for some time will tell you, if he will tell you the truth, he will tell you there have been enough tests, enough things. Yes. But it's like you need to be able to survive. And if you survive without being provoked to rebel, to become one of the rebels, then you'll be shocked to find the anointing. I wouldn't be surprised if God anoints some unknown people who are not known to us today to carry this mantle that is making us experience this ministry. Some unknown people whom the mantle will fall upon and who will be used by the Holy Spirit to do great things. May you be one of those who carry this mantle and this great grace. Hallelujah. So the anointing is going to change your life. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And then, key number five is the doer's power. Doers. Implementation power is another thing. You know, one of the things that will change you is if you just implement one thing. Just try to implement one of the things you are told. Just take one and just implement it. Just one thing. Just implement one thing. You've heard a message and a message and a message. Take only, just only one thing. Just take one of the things that have been said and just try implementing only one. And you see that suddenly you are, you are changed. Just implement one of the things you are told. Just take one. Pick one and do it. In James 1.22, it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Doers. Doing power or implementing power. Deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man who beholds his natural face in a glass. He beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight away forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. One day I met a lady, I told her, I've changed your name to doer. Yeah, I changed her name. That's her name now, doer. Yeah, doer. A doer of the word. Do. Pick one thing and do. Try it. Look, supposing you go and stand in front of the mirror. And you see how you look. Why don't you do one of the things you saw? Maybe even change your wig. It makes you look like an old lady. I see so many young girls who look old. It's because of the, the wigs they are wearing. Because the wigs are elderly wigs. Yes. Elderly wigs. Since you saw there was something wrong with your dress, with your this, with that, with this, why don't you take one of the things and do it? Suddenly you will be changed. God speaks to you, tells you, do this, do this, do this, do that. Why not 
take one thing, not 17 things, not 20 things, not 40 things, just one thing. Just one thing. You know, when I read my Bible every day, I must have one thing that I am supposed to do. One thing at least. Just one. I never read my Bible without moving away, without having one, just even one thing. You come to church, you hear message after message, message after message. Is there not any one thing that God is showing you? Do this! You take a book like a good general. You scan through the chapters. And you take a book like the Bible. You scan through and something seems to impress upon you. Why not implement one? Not 21. Take it and implement it. I was having my quiet time. And the Holy Spirit said to me, give thyself wholly to these things. That was all. I did it. I was listening to Derek Prince the other day. He said, if you read Genesis, he said that from Genesis chapter 12 to chapter 22, it's 22 that Abraham had to sacrifice Isaac. And chapter 12 is when he said he should go. He should leave and move on. Leave his family and all that. He said all the different things God told Abraham, it was progressively more difficult. God never started with the Isaac. Isaac was the last thing. You are afraid. God is going to tell me that I should leave my job. I should do this. I should go into the world. I should. Look. One thing that God will tell you. You'll be surprised. That once you start to implement one of the things. You start to see a change. God doesn't just get up and say, sacrifice Isaac. That's a serious thing. That's very serious. I mean, it's serious. You are sent to go and kill your child. Come on, man. That's, that's big time. It took a journey from chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 to 22. Before this idea could even come an old man to walk three days journey and climb a mountain. <laughs> Just to kill your child and you have three days to meditate on it. Earlier on, Abraham has circumcised himself. There are so many things he has done. I mean, these are easier implementation which have taken, it's not easy to circumcise at a certain age without anesthesia. You use a stone to just grind it. Come on now. <laughs> the idea will even cause pain. From today, lift your hand and do that. It's just one thing. If one thing, one thing to implement, one thing. You've had your quiet time and there's no one thing you are getting out from your quiet time to do one thing that God said you should do. You don't have it, then you don't have anything. You've come to sit here, you don't have anything. At least you can go away from this service and say that God has shown me that I should take one easy enough thing to do and I should do it. One thing. 
one thing. And when you do it, you'll be shocked. How dua power, dua power changes everything. Some of you, your marriage, somebody gives you advice, do this, do this, and you say, oh, it's just, I mean, every day women are told this, and this, I said that, and so on. No. You never get a chat with more beautiful lady pastors. Oh, lady pastor, lady pastor, lady pastor, lady episcopal mothers, this and that. More promoted and encouraged and beautified and honored. Yes. Bring them up and let's see. When I saw the first love, lady pastors who had been appointed as pastor this year, beautiful. I saw it, I said, no. The UD, their uniform is not working. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. So don't don't misunderstand the word of God. Take one thing and say I'll do this particular one I can do and I'm doing it from now. Amen. I hope you are listening or you are not on your phone as I'm preaching. I mean, if you're on your phone, it it will be quite some way. Okay. How many points have I given you? Five. And number six, maybe to be the last one. You never know. Be a servant. Yeah. You want to change? Be a servant. Now, being a servant. Yeah, we even have a song like that. Being a servant. Make me a servant. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 14. I see you changing. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. Typical. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence. And great multitudes followed him. And he healed them all. And he charged them that they should not make him known. That he might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Behold my servant. Behold my what? Behold my what? Servant. Whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break. And smoking flax shall he not quench till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Jesus Christ is God and he was a servant. Servanthood is godliness. Being 
a servant is one of the most godly things you can ever do. Being a servant. Because Jesus Christ was prophesied to be a servant and he was a servant. He said, behold my servant. Look at my servant. In whom I'm well pleased. Apart from being the son of God, he was a servant to his father. He was his father's servant. If you want your life to change, eh, decide to be a servant. Whatever the features of a servant are, adopt the features of a servant rather than the features of a lord or a boss or a master or some important person, but rather adopt the mannerisms of Christ. Let there be nothing when they call you, your head cannot even turn. There are some people when you call them, they, they turn like this. As if they have, a, what is it called? Uh, uh, spondylosis, cervical spondylosis. Yes. When you call them, mm, you can't even call them. Behold my servant. Behold my what? My servant. My servant. Look at my servant. Servanthood. You serve. You serve. You serve. I'm among you as he that serves. Servanthood is godliness. It's a characteristic of God. He, before anything was made, it was made through him. Nothing was made that was made except it was made through him. He was in the beginning. And he's a servant. And, and then you are what? You are what? Accept to be a servant. He said, look at my servant. Behold my servant. Why don't you become like Jesus? To become a pastor of a thousand churches is to become a servant of a thousand churches. To be a servant is to change and to become like Jesus. A servant doesn't get up and criticize your, 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 your boss. You are not a servant. You are a critic and his enemy. You don't get up and start saying all sorts of things. Mumbling behind, your, behind the person's back. That's not servanthood. You are then just a hypocrite. He shall not strive. He's now describing how he is. He shall not strive nor cry. The servant. Neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break. You know, a reed, I don't know if you know this, a water plant, it stands up vertically. And when it's bruised, it, if it's bruised, it, it bends. It, it's no longer able to stand. I'm sure you've seen that kind of, it's like a tube. But you see, even when it's bruised, Jesus will not break it. You see, because the servant's spirit in him is to serve, to help, not to cut off. So, when you have a servant's spirit, you see many bruised reeds. You see people that are half broken. <laughs> and if you don't have the spirit of a servant, you, you cut it off. But when you have the spirit of a servant, you, you take your time to see if maybe... We can put something here and adjust and then help it. He said, a bruised reed. He will not break the bruised reed. Even if he's badly bruised, you see the servant trying to make it work. 
And he said, a smoking flax he will not quench. You see, the candle is supposed to give light. But when there's a problem with the candle and with that kerosene lamp, it gives smoke instead of light. And Jesus with the seven spirit, when he sees you are bringing smoke instead of light, he will still not quench you. But he will help to bring back the light that used to come from your life. Because he has a seven spirit and a seven mind. A smoking flax he will not quench. And a bruised reed he will not break it off. And that's what we are here to do. Many bruised reeds. Many smoking flaxes. Many people producing smoke rather than light. Instead of producing something good, you are producing smoke. You are producing something that is not light. But Jesus, he will not quench it. And he will not break it off. It's my work to help. That's a servant. No servant comes into the house with his own agenda. He's here to help whatever is happening. If there's a party, he's helping the party. If there's a funeral, he's helping the funeral. If there's joy, he's helping the joy. If there's sorrow, he's helping to ameliorate things. Be a servant. I said, be a servant. And you will become so transformed. Yes. Why do you think I'm standing here? Do you think I'm here preaching because I need a car? Or anything? No. I'm here because I'm his servant. And I'm here to do his will. Hallelujah. Receive the grace of God to be a servant of the Lord. How many of you are going to take these powers and walk with them to the end of your life? What is the first kind of power? I can't hear your English words. Transformation power. Number two. Metamorphosis power. Is that not so? Number three. Word power. What is the word power going to do for your life? It's going to make you wiser than your teachers. It's going to do what else? Wiser than your enemies. Wiser than the ancients. What a blessing. And what's the next kind of power? Pardon? Anointing. Oil, isn't it? How many are going to have oil? Oil, 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 oil. How many want boiled plantain or fried plantain? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And what is the next one? Doer power. Implementation power. And what's the next one? Being a servant. Amen. And finally, number seven is faith power. Yes, faith. Faith will make you conquer sin in your life. How many have struggled with sin? Only four people. Ah, most of the people. Hebrews 11 verse 24. By faith Moses, 
when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. By faith, you will from today be able to choose to suffer than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season by faith. Receive faith power. Yes. And through your faith, whatever, how many realize that you have a sin that is like a dog that is following you? It seems to know you, isn't it? Yes. Hey. There are some dogs, they are like, I mean, when they see you, they come and dance. Have you seen one of those ones before? They can turn around as if they've seen their best friend. They, they, they really are friendly. And some of your sins are like that. When they see you, see, yes, they'll be twirling around and say, I've seen you, pa. I've seen you, pa. If your sin is backbiting, when he sees you, wait, you've come. If your sin is slander, if your sin is whatever, he sees you and says, yeah, my friend has come. From today, you will speak to the dog and every wicked thing that is following you and it will die in your life and you'll be free forever in Jesus' name. Every standing to the glory of God. You are being changed into a thousand micro churches. How many are excited about the word of God today? Beautiful. Lift your holy hands. Father, thank you for the ability to change. Thank you for great transforming power that is in our lives. We give you thanks and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to give your life to Jesus? Maybe somebody invited you to church. You want to be born again? Just lift up your right hand if you want to give your life to God today. I want to just pray with you. We are coming to the end of our service, but I want to pray with you. God bless you. You want to say, Pastor, somebody invited me, but I know in my heart I need Jesus Christ to save me. If you are here like that, wherever you are, lift up your right hand like this. And God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor, help me to know Jesus today. If you are like that, wherever you are, with your hand lifted up, I want you to come, come, come from wherever you are. Come to the front. Come, let me pray with you. God bless you. Stand right here.
want to give your life to Jesus and let, let's all lift our hands and pray together everyone in front say this prayer say Jesus please forgive me for my sins I'm sorry for all that I have done wrong have mercy on me please write my name in the book of life I give my heart my life to God thank you Jesus for saving me today I love you Jesus I thank you Lord for your mighty power that has been released into my life I love you Lord I thank you Jesus please wash away my sins make me a new person through the blood of Jesus Christ I thank you Lord in Jesus name I pray Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to go this way. All of you in front here. You know, if you go this way, our pastor is leading us this way. We're going to give you one of my books and it's going to be a blessing. You may be seated. I want you to take out a special seed. I feel that we should pray with our seed. Seed of change and transformation. I want you to sow a special seed in your life. A seed that is going to lead to the transformation of your life. You know, a seed changes into a tree. Yes. You and I standing here, we are the product of a seed. A seed is, is, is a wonderful thing. So let us take out a, a seed as an offering. And we are going to pray over the seed in the name of Jesus Christ. Take your, also take your tithes, your offerings, everything you have today, and let's pray over this amazing seed today. Thank God for his power. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his glory. We give you thanks, Father. We give you thanks, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Take it out, and if you are giving any other way you are given, uh, online, through the mobile money, uh, wherever you are, whichever country. Um, we have so many things that we are supporting and building. Building. Many, many of our buildings are half completed, but they are still being built because we don't have loans. So it is small, small. We are building. And your, your gift today is helping. Alright? I don't know if they have any whatever. This is uh, Maputo, Mozambique. That's your church in Mozambique when you are there in Maputo next time. And this is Nampula. It's, uh, Nampula, is it near Maputo or is it in the north? It's way up in the north. That's a new church that is being constructed First Love Church Nampula and this is Tete in Mozambique. When you go to Johannesburg you see on the when South African Airways used to fly you see all these places they, are, they fly there this is Shashai in Mozambique we were praying for seven cathedrals alright this is Shashai. It's being roofed as we are speaking. And then um, this is 
Bo in Sierra Leone. Beautiful in Bo. And uh, fantastic. And this is Eldoret in Kenya. All right, not Nairobi, Eldoret. All right, we have a powerful a student from Anakazu who went there and is building Master Seed Eldoret. And what else? Keep rolling. Bukavu. Yeah, our guy in Bukavu. You know, there is a volcano in the eastern part of DRC. So this is our young man who is in Bukavu. All right. And uh, that's him. Is that Ludwig? Okay. Yeah. He has how many people? 50 people. Wow. It's working. And then another one, Mitendi. That's Tintin. Tintin who used to be here. All right. Started. And uh, amazing. Souls are giving their life to Christ. All right. It's a candle in the dark. And this is Francis Town, the second largest city in Botswana. Also being constructed. They are all under construction. Being built practically. That's their offices. First Love Church, Haborone. That's the headquarters. That's First Love Church. They have not been able to go to church for more than one year. They closed down all their churches. So they are, that is the headquarters. Haborone. And um, yeah. And this is what? Tala. Okay. Somewhere in Kenya. Many, many churches are being built. And that is when we are giving offering, we are supporting Tala in Kenya as well. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep Kasarani. Kasarani. This, uh, the pastor here in this Kasarani, he used to be the head boy here. He was the, is it SRC? No, at that time we didn't have a, he was the head, head boy. Pastor Hira, school prefect. I think that's what he was called then. That's his church. He's a Kenyan. All right? He's a Kenyan. And this is Mombasa. Well, now, one of the honeymoon destinations is Mombasa. You have to go to Mombasa by all means for your honeymoon. And then on Sunday, you just pass by Mombasa for church. One man, he's called Daniel. He, he went there. And he's become this church. Yeah, through word power, transformation power, doer, doer power, and uh, metamorphosis power. He has turned into a church. And then, yeah, he went from here. I remember when he got married. You know, Daniel. And then he's become Mombasa. Isn't it not beautiful to become into a church? He's got a large church. If you see inside, you'll be amazed. Full of people. All right, and it's the nicest church in the city of Mombasa. And this is Kenema in Sierra Leone. Diamonds is where they, start. they get diamonds. Kenema, who is there? Is it Faith? Faith is in Kenema, and uh, his wife Samantha. And then the next one is Makeni. First love, Pastor Matthias is here in Makeni. All right, these are all first love, first love churches. It's different from the UD people. They are mature seats. These are children. Hallelujah. And uh, this is First Love Church in Inyambani, Mozambique. It's the biggest thing in the whole of Inyambani. 
If you look on your map in Mozambique, you see in Yamambani. It's beautiful. All right. It's a huge building. And the whole city. That's Rodino. He's also a Mozambican. He's not a Ghanaian. He's a Mozambican who was in Bible school here for four years. And he gave himself to transformation and metamorphosis power and word power, anointing power, dua power, faith power, and servant power. Servant power. Fantastic. Are you excited? And this one is what? What is this? Anakazu. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Do our power. Amen. Lift your offering up and let's continue to support. Amen. Great works. Father, thank you for your great wisdom to build your church. Thank you that we are crossing 70 with ease. And by the time we go out of this world, a church across the world will exist. And nothing, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Thank you for your mighty blessing. Thank you that many more young children are going to serve you gloriously, freely and willingly. Have we received it? Freely and willingly we give ourselves to your glorious everlasting power. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Ashes, receive the offering. The ones that are cash. But most people should be giving through the internet, mobile, whatever. And when you go and you find out that it has not come, make sure you give it again. Amen. Amen. All right? And um, and then you can get your communion ready. Get your communion ready. Now you can get your communion ready. Beautiful. Fantastic. Amazing. Energy. <laughs> I see some energetic person. Zealously working on your behalf. Marasando Kabaranda. In the name of Jesus. Now, how many have felt that you were a bruised reed before? Like you were bruised and it's like, it looks as if you're about to bend over. Today, during the communion, all such bruised reeds are going to be healed. In Jesus' name. How many have ever felt you were a light which started to produce smoke instead of light? Huh? You started to produce smoke. It's like instead of the light coming, it was smoke that was coming. Today, you are being healed of that smoke in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you so much 
for your mighty power. Please be seated. The ashes are still uh, working out their offering. Mandala makazon reniso parando senilo telebishi karabazada. Tamalo mereke belendarada. Take your bread, stand to your feet. Brothers and sisters. Brothers, sisters, we are one. And our lives have just begun. In the spirits, we are young. And we'll live forever.
Now, whatever represents a bruised reed or smoking flax, you have produced smoke instead of light. But now, through the blood, you are forgiven, you are washed, your sins are remembered no more. A new life begins. Receive today power for your sins to be remembered no more. For you to be accepted through this blood. The blood of Jesus Christ. Now lift your hands for your blessing. Whatever represents smoke coming from your life may it be replaced with light. Whatever represents brokenness, troubles, may it be healed. Whatever represents your mistakes and your sins, may they be washed and buried through the blood of Jesus. I speak the word restoration to your life. I speak the word redemption to your life. I speak the word forgiveness to your life. I speak the word mercies over your life. Receive. Receive. Receive healing. Receive forgiveness. Receive restoration. Now, may you be restored to your original place. Whatever you have lost, maybe you were up, but you've fallen down. May the Lord take you and bring you back to your place. In the name of He who died on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, Whatever devastation has taken place in your life to displace you, to devastate your life, the power of God restores you. Receive restoration power now in Jesus' name. Now I declare your feet shall go to the right places. Your car shall drive to the right places. You shall find favor wherever you go good people shall meet you shall salute you shall encourage you may the Lord send energetic men and energetic women and powerful angels to intervene in every crisis and every situation of your life may you never be a source of concern to your parents any longer or a source of bad news to your family but may you be a source of good news good tidings through the power of the Holy Spirit the Lord make his face shine on you the Lord be gracious to you the Lord give you peace where there is no peace the Lord give you the upper hand in every crisis the Lord make you victorious over all your enemies. Let them be scattered that seek your life. 
every arm robber that looks in your direction goes blind in the name of Jesus Christ every dark shadow that is following you I rebuke it now in Jesus name and I say light shall be over your life and not darkness in the name of Jesus now I prophesy that in your youth you shall be considered as a wise man in your youth you shall be as wise as the ancients and in your youth you shall be wiser than your teachers may these blessings rest upon you today and rest upon you all your life may you never be counted as a rebel may you never be an Absalom may you never be an insulter or a dishonorer of fathers in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth place your hand on your belly May the anointing of the Holy Spirit flow in your life. Says, out of my belly shall flow rivers. May your belly be filled with rivers of living water, rivers of anointing, rivers of grace, rivers of the beauty of God all the days of your life. From a young child upwards, you shall be the servant of the Lord. Receive power and grace servant power to be a servant of God and the godliness that is associated with being a servant in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I bless all those who God gave me as my children be blessed with favor and grace and oil be greatly increased and greatly covered by angelic feathers delivered from arrows and spears and darts of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth be blessed be healed recover and be restored in Jesus name Amen God bless you God bless you for listening to this message visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.